What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another installment here of Honest and Uneducated, the show where we talk about anything from movies, movie news, comic books, video games, all sorts of fun stuff like that. Also, I mentioned earlier, uh, not earlier, but uh, the other day on our stream, we are going to be bringing back, if you go back and look at our first uploads here in the channel, they were uh, a lot of statue reviews, some uh, premium format ones, and then the budget series. We're going to be bringing that back. And the first one that's uh, going to be a part of the, I guess, I don't know if you would consider it budget or premium, because it's kind of in the, it's like the fine line, but it's going to be a hot toy. I got the uh, Prestige Batman uh, version from the Arkham Knight game. So he's in the black and gold. He's a dope-looking suit. It looks great. I got that. Haven't opened it yet. So going to have an unboxing and a review of that here coming soon. So look forward to that. And we got plenty more stuff. As you, as you can see, I got tons of stuff that I can review here. And this is just a small fraction. So I'm excited to bring those back. Uh, but joining me today to get through this show, this installment of Honest and Uneducated here, is none other than Rick Metz himself. How are you doing today, Rick? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good, man. Like I said, I got that... Uh, I'm stoked on that Batman. I know. I got that Batman in. Like, like you said, man, it's hard not to open it. Well, it's going to be cool seeing your like actual reaction as you open it. That's just... why it's, that's I'm doing it for everybody watching. Like I got, a, I got the hot toy. It's my first hot toy. Like I haven't, I've been able to not open it. It's actually quite difficult. Yeah. Like it's. I've never seen Hot Toys in person, so like I'm excited. I've seen it plenty in person because uh, our our good uh, good man John Knight here himself has plenty of. I don't know about plenty, but you have a good a good plethora of Hot Toys. I've got a handful up there that yeah, the, yeah. the bug got me and it hasn't let go yet. So <laughs> I actually ordered what two just this week. So yeah, it's uh. It's, it's a thing once you get into it. Yeah, that's and that's why I've somehow. I mean, it didn't work for everything. Like I, <laughs> I've accumulated and uh, you know amassed quite a collection of statues and other you know figures of just many varieties. But uh, I always was able to withstand the urge to get hot toys just because I knew it's a very expensive rabbit hole. Like it's not just a rabbit hole; it, it, it becomes a pricey one. Which uh, which ones did you just order this week? So we've got, um, you actually ordered one. And then when I heard you order and when you told me that it was sold out in mm. a different version, I had to order it myself. The uh, Hot Toys 40th Anniversary uh, Empire Strikes Back version of Darth Vader. That's cool. And I, I would have I, I gotten that on my own, but the thing that really pushed me over the edge is they've announced that they're coming out with a Bespin Luke. Mm -hmm. And... I'm going to get that. I mean, there's no way I'm not going to get that because simply because it's going to have, you know, it's going to have the um, severed hand feature, which is pretty morbid, but also just like such an iconic thing and moment from that, from that uh, series that I, I knew I'd have to have that. And so if you're going to have that, then, I mean, where are you going to pose them opposite of if you don't have your Darth Vader, right? So you have to have the Darth Vader to go with the Luke and, uh, yeah. So that'll have be, to. and then I, there you go. You, you have to, you have to um, do it just for this, man. You got to do it. I like exactly. the stand. Yeah. And it comes, yeah. Cause Vader comes with the, the scaffolding there and everything. So I, mean, I, it's, I, it's I anticipate them having a, a nice little display base that's related to that for Luke. So hopefully the whole Did thing they have lightsabers light up. Yeah. They oh, have so. the way they do it with the lightsabers is they have an alternate hand that has, um, the battery built into that hilt so the hilt's fixed to the alternate hand that has yeah. the light on it 
on the quarter scale figures, like the quarter scale Darth Vader, it's big enough to actually have the whole battery housed in the lightsaber hilt. So it's actually just, you get the one saber that actually can light up. Yeah. But the other ones, like the six scale, the batteries, they're too big to actually put in the hilt. So True. that's the only downside to them is that it's the battery's part of that hand. So you got to like take the arm off just to get the light up one in as opposed to just turning it on. But yeah. either way, you know, it's cool enough just to be able to have the option to light them up. They obviously yeah. don't look this good lit up. <laughs> like don't let that that is it's that's cgi <laughs> it's photoshop kind of thing not cgi but it's photoshop to make it the look like they're illuminating much more but they still look pretty good all things considered um being yeah. lit up so so yeah and then uh and then yesterday they they put up a promo code for new year's day which i just don't see a lot of promo codes for them now i i don't shop there every day or every week just because if i did i'd find myself in huge debt. Mm -hmm. um, but I really see promo codes for them, and they put one up yesterday for uh, about 20 bucks off, which was about 10%. It basically covered the shipping of the in-game, Avengers in-game Black Widow, which I love Black Widow character. I have Scarlett Johansson. I may have a slight thing for. And um, so <laughs> anyway. I was going to say, who doesn't? <laughs> I had to jump on that. Why I've been looking at that one for months now and so when i saw the promo code i was like well shoot i might as well just go ahead and do that too so good choice those are my two that are coming soon you can't blame you last thing i was going to say about the lightsabers too i just forgot but it came back to me i like that they give you the alternate blade that looks like it's actually being swung yeah yes yeah that's pretty cool and it actually looks better than you'd think it would oh yeah like because when you look at it, you just like, I don't think I would really use it. But like, no, it actually, it, it does look pretty decent. Like with the little yeah. action pose that you get out of it. So yeah, yeah, they're definitely pretty cool. So yeah, look forward to that. We obviously, between between all of us here, we have a plethora of things that we could be reviewing to, you know, sharing with everybody. So we're, we're going to be bringing those back. So and like I said, starting with the Batman Arkham Knight Prestige Edition, which I, again, I'm very excited for. It's my first hot toy. And that alone is you know, pretty exciting. So yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Exactly. And then I'll, there's some other ones I announced too, but I'm not going to have them for a while. But if you go back and watch the, the most recent stream we did on uh, Friday or Saturday, I, I t the information's there elsewise. You can just wait till it happens because it's going to be a little bit, but they're coming. So don't worry, but let's, uh, let's get into our first topic here. But first, before we do, don't forget, guys, you can submit topics and questions to the show by emailing us at honestanduneducated at gmail.com. That's honestanduneducated at gmail.com. With that down and out of the way, let's move into this first topic here. And the first one has to do with the uh, DC Universe and the direction they're going now, the DCEU, whatever they want to call it now. Um, I always just, and I never knew why it got dubbed the DCEU when it's just, it was already DCU. Like it, it was yeah. always, that's just what it's been, DC Universe. I don't understand I'm assuming, who dubbed it that. I'm assuming that was internal jargon that they were using to distinguish between the comic universe, which was which has been forever referred to as the yeah. DCU. So I'm assuming that in order to differ internally, in order to differentiate between the film universe and just the regular comic universe to to create some a difference between those two that they add, they drop that E in there, but you're right. It doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. Cause you'd think if anything, it'd be like DCCU, 
for DC Cinematic yeah. Universe yeah. or DCFU, DC <laughs> Film Universe. DCFU. Which has its own annotation exactly. problems when you say Yeah. But I heard too that like the DCEU part was uh, somebody from Warner Brothers was like questioned on at one point. And they, I, I, I can't remember if this was a legit article or not, but I feel like I'm remembering this in my head. But they, this person at least commented on and said that that wasn't something they came up with. Like some writer or something like wrote an article and referred to it as that. And it just, it went it went viral essentially everybody just like started calling it that i just never thought it made any sense dc extended universe because it's not extended it's the same universe yeah like it's just the same thing is what it is yeah but anyway uh in regards to this um they there was a kind of a walter hamada had an interview here the new the new big man over at dc and uh, warner brothers he uh he did an interview and he shared a, quite a bit of information in regards to where the DC film portion of the DC universe is uh, going to be kind of moving forward, what their new roadmap is. And some of it's pretty ambitious and which kind of has hesitant. And I'm hesitant with it in some ways, because if you remember, like, I don't know, for the past couple of years, it hasn't happened in the past couple of years, but like five, it was a four or five years ago at Comic-Con, they announced this massive slate of like, uh, the Flash movie, and then the Cyborg movie, and then, uh, God, I can't remember, the Batgirl movie, I think, and just, like, a ton of stuff that has not happened. Like, yeah, really. Half the things they announced, and they had logos did up for all these things and everything, it was like, bam, here it is. And uh, none of them have came to pass. Like, I don't think a single thing that was actually announced on that, like, list at Comic-Con has, has come out yet, and a lot of it's been straight-up canned to begin with, like, Cyborg, they're not making a cyborg movie. And then Ray Fisher just recently said that he's like done and he's not going to come and work for Warner Brothers anymore. Right. That's it's interesting you say that because there was just an article today, I think maybe where he gave lent his support to revive the DCEU. There's a, apparently a trending hashtag of revive DCEU or something and he, that he got behind and, so yeah, it's, so it's he, he seems to be all over the place with what he's doing. Like he hates Warner Brothers because of the way he was treated on Justice League, uh -huh. but he's all in on on Zack Snyder's Justice League and re, doing reshoots and stuff. I, I I don't really know what to make of his position within the company, but also just within the universe itself. Yeah, it's definitely an an odd form of like. Not really marketing because it's just some guy's opinion essentially, but like it, it's an interesting thing for someone to do in regards to like his. I mean, it's his employer in some ways. Yeah, it's <laughs> such it's the weirdest employee-employer relationship ever. Like on the one side, they're like best friends, and he's all gung ho about it when it's Zack Snyder's portion of it. But yeah. if it's anything else, it's like I hate you. I don't want anything to do with you, and you guys are a terrible company. So it's a very strange. Yeah, and I still don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, cause he even said too, if I'm remembering this quote correctly from him, he said that like Walter Hamada is like the worst kind of like executive or something. Like he, he literally like name dropped Hamada and called him out. And it's because he was like, yeah, he called him being like just very deceptive or something. You're cam for, well, he said, way, John. he said something about Hamada, Hamada, um, asking for, him to throw 
John's under the bus um, or something, or, or to like, I don't know, to save Jeff, Jeff Johns, to say like Jeff Johnson had do anything bad to him as long as he would say that, as long as they would say that like Joss Whedon and somebody else were, I don't know. It was a big weird thing. Just, just, yeah, I don't know. They, they got to get their stuff in order there. <laughs> like they're, they're, their film division has been kind of a mess for quite a bit of time now. They definitely yeah. got it. So I'm hoping everything since Hamada has taken over, it's been more successful than it has not been. I don't know if it's necessarily been more successful than it was before, but it's at least if they were sinking, then they're at least they're steady in Treading the ship. water. Yeah, they're they're okay. Um, I, I mean, a lot of Wonder Woman 84 was standing because that's like kind of going back to the old BVS and Man of Steel days where it's just divisive, you know, like half the people love it, half the people hate it. So it's a, it's kind of another one of those, but not to such extremes that yeah. BVS and you know Man of Steel got like, I don't know. It's a weird situation. And I'd rather it go back to like, you know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman and Shazam. Everybody loved them. Like for the most part, yeah. like and they were all great. So we, we get back to there now. Hamada in this interview has come out and said a couple things. Like one, um, they're they're pretty much saying that the Justice League Snyder cut is, I think it was referred to as a, a cul-de-sac. Like it's not a way forward. Standalone. Yeah. yeah. Well, just like essentially kind of uh, insinuating that there's not going to be anything more to come from it. Yeah, it's just in its own little bubble, and that's, that's it. it. Such a weird way to say it, though. I mean, come on. Why not just call it a dead end? I mean, I if, 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 when you say cul-de-sac, I mean, you can turn around in a cul-de-sac and come back out the way you went mm -hmm. in. So, yeah. you know, if this is if this is truly the end and they want to give the impression that this is the end of that, I, I almost feel like that word is intentional and in that, you know, depending on the response to it, depending on what their streaming numbers, what they want to get out of it and what their you know highest expectations are if they start hitting those highest expectations if they don't do something with Zack Snyder and ask him because clearly there's people Zach and people around him that are interested in continuing this oh yeah and this thing with that with I mean with everybody especially in this industry I mean money talks so yeah they can say whatever they want but if uh <laughs> if this thing yeah, comes this out and just blows the roof off and HBO max can turn their stuff around due to this thing. Yeah. It's not this, it's not a cul-de-sac they're building in an addition. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're going to keep this thing going. If it's going to make them money, whether they like well, it or not. <laughs> true. It, and money talks, but in this day and age, streaming money talks even louder. I oh, mean, yeah. if you get streaming money going, then you're just, you, you can kind of write your own checks wherever you want. Exactly. Yeah. But then, too, the well, the more ambitious portion of this uh, whole article was the the, the it was kind of teased upon. Uh, Hamada himself kind of commented on this during the DC fandom event that they had, where they're going to be leaning into the uh, DC multiverse, and he kind of expands on it here, and he just elaborates on it to say, in a fancy way, they're going to make. Standalone movies that are completely disconnected from everything else, like uh, your Joker movie. They're going to continue doing that, um, but they're also going to be looking at things like um, replacing Ben Affleck's Batman character to continue Batman in 
that DCEU or whatever we're going to call it yeah. uh, to continue the Justice League world, which was another odd thing because apparently it's a cul-de-sac, but you they're just also going to yeah. keep going and make other things within that continuity. So I don't know what, like it's kind of confusing in that regard. It's, but, it's, uh, it's very much. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like they're splitting, they're splitting hairs. They're, you know, well, I think it's the kind of thing where, again, it's like some things are successful within it, so they can't deny the fact that it's not this cul-de-sac. Because, I mean, I think just like if they could just delete it and start fresh, they probably would. Like if it wouldn't like if they could keep everything they had, but then delete all the bad stuff. I mean, who would yeah, who wouldn't do that? Yeah, who wouldn't? But because like Wonder Woman's a part of it, and Wonder Woman's been successful for him. Aquaman made him a billion dollars. Like they're they're already moving forward with the Flash movie they've been trying to make for four years now. So it's like not really a cul-de-sac if you're going to keep building off of it. So that is kind of like I don't I'll know, believe confusing. That, I believe the Flash movie. They keep talking about the Flash movie and talking it up, but mm -hmm. until I see you know. Uh, a daily reel from the first day of shooting or some, some still photography or some promo shots from it. I'm still not buying that that movie's ever getting made. Yeah. That I mean, movie it's been, been in production for yeah. so long. Yeah. And they've yeah. gone through like four writer directors. Like it, it's, it's been a mess. It's cursed. Like it's, it's, it's it almost is like the, uh, the crow at this point. Yeah. It's becoming DC's crow. It's like <laughs> who, uh, Funnily enough, the last person attached to the crow was Aquaman himself. Like Jason Momoa was going to be playing them, oh, and man. that died, which I thought would have been kind of cool. That would I cool. could totally see him uh, playing whatever his name. I can't even remember his name in the it's like Jason something, right? I forget what his name is. I haven't seen Jason, the crow in years. Jason, yeah, the crow's a good movie. Eric Draven was the Eric Draven. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought I knew it was something D, and I was like Jason. Wait a minute, I don't know. Yeah, I love that first one that was Brandon Lee. That was good. Yeah, that was good. That yeah. was a great movie. The other ones, though, I mean, Edward Furlong came in at one point. It was yeah. one of like the TV movie crows. <laughs> that was a weird franchise, man. I don't care for Edward Furlong outside of Terminator. Well, and American Ooh. History X. Oh, and American good. History X is good. He, he was good in that. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he was. was good. That's a good movie. Yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah, that's a great movie, dude. But anyway, with, with this stuff, though, they're looking at... So... The Justice League stuff, they're obviously still going to do what works. It's like we said, you know, money talks, and they're making money on it, so they're going to try to keep them going, which explains why, in some way, like, they're going to bring in a new actor to replace Ben Affleck, which I thought was interesting, because it, it goes on to say that he's set to appear in the Flash movie, which, even though this thing is cursed, the, the announcements that were made from it, the direction it seems to be going does have me excited for it. So I do hope that movie is made because there's a lot of stuff they could do in it's got there. Potential. I almost feel like they have to do it in some ways because they're wanting to do this multiverse thing. And that's a real easy way to introduce the general audience into it in, in a two-hour movie. Just kind of ease them all in. Like Even if like that's the only Flash movie they do, they, they, I it'd probably be worth it for them to be able to just kind of literally spell it out for everybody that this is what's happening now. Yeah. So, but I'm, that movie is bringing uh, Ben Affleck back as Batman. 
So I want that movie to be made. And it's also supposedly bringing Michael Keaton back as Batman. So I'm sure that would be so cool. Yeah, there's other people out there who want to see it just because of those two reasons. Me being one of them. Because uh, <laughs> with Keaton coming back, like I said, man, that opens the doors for them to do Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton. So since that's there, I want the movie to be made. Just so that door is open. <laughs> uh, but now... Um, they're going to be looking at, uh, Hamada goes on to say that everything that they make uh, with HBO Max being uh, what, you know, direct to consumer in general for, you know, all these studios now being the their big future game plan, if you will. They're looking at all their titles, like any of them that they're making. They're, they're, they're actually assessing everything and saying, okay, great, we're going to make this Joker movie. What can we do with HBO Max with it? Is there anything that we can do on HBO to piggyback off of this? And uh, we already are seeing that with the Robert Pattinson Batman film because it was already announced they're going to be making the Gotham PD like prequel Oh yeah, existing yeah. In, within the Robert Pattinson Batman world. So I, I do like that they're actually... Trying to plan stuff out to some, in some ways, like that, that's reassuring to me. Um, just because obviously, like we've been kind of just saying here throughout the, for the last 20 minutes, it's kind of a mess. And even when you are quoting people within the, the own, their own company, it's confusing. Like, because the, the, they're saying things, but then saying very contradictory things. And, um, but this at least is a good plan and makes sense. And this was something that, uh, Pretty much what I said that they should do, and I understand why Warner Brothers wasn't doing this, when they came out and said they're going to release all their movies, the Warner Brothers movies, straight on HBO Max in 2021, and didn't tell anybody and all this stuff. It's a, it speaks to them being, uh, you know, it could being a mess there, for one, but it's like they have this built-in, this easy way of marketing HBO Max by just saying that all their movies are going to be exclusive to HBO Max. They don't have to, like pull them out of theaters and only do them on HBO Max, like you can let them do their theatrical run and then say exclusively on HBO Max, like yeah. once they're out of theaters. And it's just like HBO Max in it of itself is its own built-in marketing if you do it right. And kind of with that, using your already existing properties to further market your product by building in exclusive content off of it is just that's what they should be doing that's what marvel's doing with disney plus like they have the mcu stuff and they're looking at everything they can do to continue expanding on it on disney plus and that's why i mean that sounds good i like that they're doing that with uh the dc titles and hbo max it just it's it makes sense so i'm just glad to hear some form of i don't know common sense thought come from them that's not uh, My, <laughs> I, I'm I'm very reserved I, on, I've been reserved on everything the, the only thing I would not be reserved on when it came to DC EU news is if they were to say they've signed Henry Cavill to play Superman in a Man of Steel sequel that would be the only news where I'd be all in and be like I don't care what they do with this it's going to be the best thing ever yeah, blah 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 100%. Um, everything, everything they announce now though I'm, I'm just like even this announcement, like you said, on the surface, it sounds really good. It sounds like they've kind of put some common sense behind what they're doing. Yes, let's tie into HBO Max. Let's support that platform because it's an integral to our success. But but when you look at it, they're talking, they, Hamada said they are looking to do four feature films a year that release to theaters. 
two films that are direct to HBO Max. And then in addition, also have tie-in series to film properties that, that go to HBO Max. That is a hugely, hugely ambitious pro, um, project or prospect for a company that has been able to get out less than half a dozen, maybe a half a dozen superhero films in the past half decade, six years. I mean, Marvel, you look at the content that Marvel's been able to put out, and you've got dozens of films that have come out. Um, DC has barely managed to scrape by, you know, six, I think, films over the past half decade or or even, you know, six, seven years. Um, And the films that they have come out have varied greatly in quality. So Mm -hmm, I'm really worried that this is a quantity over quality prospect or that um or that they just don't hit it that they're promising something that they just can't deliver on and we just got done talking about how long the flash has been development hell um maybe i'm wrong i I hope i am because i love dc it's my it's my superhero universe as much as i love marvel and i you know but, but if i have to rank them dc is above you know, Marvel for me, just because I grew up with Batman, Superman oh, yeah. and Wonder Woman and Super Friends cartoon show. I remember um, that. that's where. Yeah, that's where I got my that's where my my roots are in comics. And well, so they got a lot to uh, live the, up to. Like with the Marvel do. Cinematic Universe. So DC's got they got some work to do. Oh, yeah, they do. And I, I hope that they can get the ship right. in. I hope that this all comes. But man, until it's till I see till they give me reason to believe I have a hard time with all these announcements. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's that's one of the crazy things you bring up the Henry Cavill situation. Like, there's a lot of people out there, me one of them, who's just like, "How are we getting a Wonder Woman three without a Man of Steel 2? Yeah, Man of Steel launched this whole thing, and we still haven't got a Man of Steel two. And I mean, the answer is simple because if you go back to what I said before, money talks, and Wonder Woman came out and was not divisive. You know, is you you know unanimously liked by critics and audiences and it made eight to nine hundred million dollars but then you have man of steel come out was split down the middle with love and hate between audiences critic audience and critics and it only made about 600 million or something yeah but here's here's the go ahead i'll let you finish oh no i just i want henry cavill back as superman like that's what i want yeah masterpiece made for that role here's the thing about that though Wonder Woman had the benefit, and Aquaman too had the benefit of appearing in Batman versus Superman, even to a small extent, and, and establishing the tone and the feel of what the DCEU is—a a more realistic, a more a grittier kind of look at superheroes. Um, when when Man of Steel came out, the last Superman movie we had before Man of Steel was. Christopher Reeve, Superman Four, Quest for Peace. I think. I'm no, not, I'm, no, 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 Superman, Superman, Superman Returns. You're right. I'm sorry. Everybody forgets about that. Movie. I tried. <laughs> I tried to block it out. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I love the scene was, though. With uh, there's that one shot with uh, it was in the trailers, and he's standing in front of the gunman, and he's got the gun pointed right to his face, and the slow motion yeah, shot with the eye. That's a great shot. Like, beautiful good. piece of cinematography. But that's yeah, good. That was, that's good. Otherwise, that, though, the movie sucks. But yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, Superman, it, yeah. Superman with a kid that's his, possibly that he abandoned, and yeah, just some brilliant. Lex, uh, Kevin Spacey, Spacey just he destroying scenes movie, as 
as yeah. yeah. Um, he was like Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers movie, like that just oh, yeah. came out. It's like they're making like a very grounded thing here, and this dude is you know literally the animated like more animated than animated Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, yeah. But even 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 that movie, Superman is still kind of the oh shucks farm boy um, that's trapped in the big city and and man of steel was something so completely different and not different in a bad way in, in my opinion in a lot of people's opinions um but it was so drastically different from what audiences knew before wonder woman and aquaman both had the benefit of having that tone and that shift at least presented to audiences before they had to have their own film come out so it's not surprising to me that man of steel released to some um discrepancies in in, in audience and critical reviews but now that that tone has been established and people understand kind of what they're going for, I think that it's it's primed to do much better in, in at the box office. I agree because I mean everything going forward, and I think too, like, and I told you this, like, I said to you maybe a month or two ago, like, just off camera, we we're just talking, like, it still baffles me how, uh, like, Warner Brothers has been able to, well, has not been able to make uh, any sort of success like you know like unanimous success we'll say with the dc properties like uh, kind of since you, even like if you go back to 89 batman everyone loved batman but then not a lot of people like batman returns it was very divisive and it just is always not as i guess not as divisive as the current climate but this was a time before twitter and stuff so it probably was you just didn't hear it um but it just—it's always baffled me as how Warner Brothers has been able to squander like the That's, most popular superhero characters in the world in Batman, the Justice League in general, and then Marvel that, has been able to make twenty movies, all averaging a billion dollars with the B team. They didn't even have X Men. They didn't have Fantastic Four. They had the Avengers, and you all think the Avengers are cool and stuff, but that was like the C squad in the comics, dude. Nobody cared about Iron Man. Like canceled, they, made they canceled the Avengers at one point and yeah. and gave all the characters over to Image Comics to retool because they couldn't figure out a way to get them to sell. But that's a great point about the DC movies. Beyond the Dark Knight series, um, you look at every DC series so far has had a diminishing return. The first movie can do gangbusters, and the second one does okay, and then by the third one, they're just kind of falling off a cliff. Um, they had they haven't they haven't done what Marvel does, and you know have just build and build and continually put out quality and increase that quality over time. It's it's amazing how poorly they've managed the superheroes. Yeah. And it like like you said, they can knock it out of the park here and there. Like Dark Knight, I mean I mean Batman begins in the Dark Knight, amazing. And then like Batman 89, great. Yeah. But then yeah, it's like it's like every other movie at best is good and it's like but even so, even when you have those those ones that are even like moderately successful like they're they're still divisive in some way. Like they're not like the home runs that the Dark Knight uh, is. The Dark Knight is, yeah. Because yeah. it's like Man yeah. of Steel is like, it's a masterpiece of a movie, man. I love Man of Steel. Like, just it's an amazing, it's just amazing movie, Superman aside. Like, if you just watch it as like a first contact alien yep. movie, like, it's yep. it's a just a great movie with great imagery. It's awesome. And, uh, but it's like, it's just somehow was divisive. Like, it's, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's crazy to me. And then Batman versus Superman. 
literally the two most popular superhero pop culture characters like arguably in existence that movie should have made billions upon billions of dollars without even trying and it barely came up with like 800 million it's just like people were expecting a lot with that too like when, i remember when that dropped just the idea of it where they announced it how much you freaked out oh yeah just i like, did holy shit i was fanboying hard for it yeah like but it just and even I like I I can find enjoyment in it, but even I I mean, as biased as I may be, I know the thing has problems. I know it didn't live up to what it should be. Yeah, like because I mean the fans a lot of time, man, we're 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 very fickle and we're very critical over things. And it's like I know a lot of people think that, like as a fan, like you you have what you think these characters should do. And I think this is one of the biggest say. problems with like Superman. And it's kind of like what you were getting at too. Like, you know, Christopher Reeve, Superman and all this stuff, you know, it's like the, the happy go lucky, save a kitten from a tree, boy scout dude. And everyone has that picture of their Superman in their head. So when they don't get that, they, they're just turned they don't off like by it. it. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to accept it for what it is. They, they're, they're deliberately rejecting it because of what it's not. And I, I can't really fault anybody for doing that but I, I don't know it's just it's a shame that it happens on such a huge scale because like you miss out on a lot of good stuff yeah. and it's also the same goes for them making like the movie like they they try to do something too drastically different or not true to a character and then expect it to be a success like it's not really going to work that way either but i don't know it, it's it, it's finicky, but I just hope they get it all in order. And for, for God's sake, we need a man of steel too. Like, <laughs> if they do nothing, like they have, that's the other thing. They had uh, this, these all these announcements, no man of steel two information. <laughs> like yeah, all yeah. this stuff. We're gonna make four movies a year, two movies on HBO Max, spinoff series for everything. But this and you can't find the time or money or effort to put behind a man of steel too yeah. i mean especially now that henry cavill is popping off with like fans and so because i think a lot of people would say that like henry cavill is great as superman even if they don't like those movies he's in yeah and because and even so now like henry cavill is in other movies that are like unanimously successful he's like mission impossible he's in he's headlining the witcher yeah like sure it, so it's not a problem of people not liking henry Cavill. like i, I don't yeah. think anybody dislikes henry cavill they might not like the way superman was written but i think for the most part everybody likes henry in the role so i mean the rumor does have it that um jj abrams is supposedly working on a superman movie and is planning on bringing henry cavill back but nothing is confirmed there's just whispers about it and i don't know jj abrams yeah that's so i'm on the fence about it just because of I don't want to hold Rise of Skywalker against him, but he did make the movie. So <laughs> I got to hold him responsible for something, but I'm not the, the biggest fan nor like hater of, I'm, I'm very neutral on JJ Abrams. He can make some enjoyable yeah. stuff and he can also kind of drop the ball on some stuff too. So he does make beautiful films though. Cause if anything, I can say Rise of Skywalker is a great movie to watch on mute. Yeah. Like, visually it's it great. It looks stunning. Kind of like, uh, like Zack Snyder, he is a very similar. He is a very good like visual storyteller. He has amazing imagery in all his movies. Some of them don't have the best dialogue or aren't the very like sucker punch kind of thing. Like not really a good movie, but it looks great. Visually, it looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, but it looks amazing. So I just hope they get their stuff in order. Because like I said, they got the best 
I mean, it is subjective opinion, but like they, in my opinion, I mean, like you said, DC characters are those are my superheroes. You know, what I mean, like that's that's what I resonate with. Like, yeah. and I love the Marvel stuff. I love all stuff. You've always liked DC way more. Yeah, I've always been a DC fan. Like Batman's my dude, and then. I mean, Spider-Man's my other dude, and that's over on Marvel's side. But those like, those are my two dudes. Spider-Man's a good guy. Spider-Man, okay. He's a good little fella. Um, <laughs> I think that pretty much covers everything with this, though. I mean, the only other thing is, like, they go on to say, uh, like, that cul-de-sac quote's down here. I mean, I- I'm still looking forward to the Snyder Cut. Like, I, I hope that turns out good. I- in some ways, I hope it's a major success, because I, I would like to see it go on, and... Just like I really want to see this Man of Steel too. Like if we could get that Ben Affleck solo Batman movie, like him fighting Deathstroke on HBO Max or something, like that'd be sick. Let's do that. That would be sick. Like, or like a do yeah. a four part mini series, and they can do the backstory of Joker killing Robin, and then do the Deathstroke stuff, and then he can retire. <laughs> like, good. Do it. You realize we're we're only what a week or week and a half, two weeks away from one division, and then yeah. by the time that. That's good. That, that might be ending right around the same time that Zack Zach Snyder's Justice League premieres. Because he, he mentioned that they've there's the rumors out there. He even said uh, something about yeah. premiering him. So we could be right on the verge of having a good stretch of two to three months of pretty, pretty big superhero uh, content being released. Yeah, for sure. Because WandaVision's like the 15th, right? And then... Yeah, they did say March. I don't know what day. I don't know if it's beginning of March or end of March, but I, I can't remember WandaVision six or eight episodes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still one to two. Either way, about a month and a half or two months. So, yeah, we'll be close. Right after WandaVision, we can roll right into that. So, for sure. And then after that, we can roll into Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we can have an entire year's worth of superhero content if we can figure yeah. out a way to just line those dominoes up right <laughs> well the and, black and make Widow. and make up yep make yeah. up for 2020 yeah for sure if anything that could as long as everything can roll out on schedule like the on the new schedule for 2021 it will be pretty i don't think we'll be starving for content no it'll like, be stacked. in a world where literally um this year we only had like bloodshot um what else was a comment birds of prey um right what else was there there was only like four or five like i don't even remember what they were like so obviously there weren't any standout yeah. oh wonder woman um oh, that that's a, right we are counting that as yeah. 2020 yeah. very lackluster year of, of comic book movies like tv popped off though we had oh, yeah. boys we had uh, Doom Patrol. Mandalorian. We had Mandalorian. Doom yeah, Mandalorian. We had uh, Umbrella Academy. That was good stuff mm-hmm. on TV. But in the movies, the movie comic book superhero department, like, it was hurting without them Marvel movies. <laughs> yep. Not a whole lot going on. But guys, love. What do you, what do you think? That, that, that's the question here. What do you think about all of these? You know, all these comments made by Walter Ramada, and what do you think that their plans here, DC's plans that uh, they have going forward here, is a little bit too ambitious? Are you looking forward to them nonetheless? At least see which ones actually stick. Uh, they did go on to say real quick before I forget the they're going to be looking at 
like smaller characters to put on like the straight the HBO Max ones and they referenced like Batgirl and Static Shock as being a couple of those potential maybe straight to HBO Max movies and things like that which I I would like to see them actually branch out and do some of those more obscure ones and I'd say HBO Max is a pretty good place to put it but I mean either way I'm excited for them to actually have some sort of game plan my only fear uh kind of like John was saying too is that it's just a little bit ambitious, and we were kind of scorned by them a couple years ago at Comic-Con when they had that massive slate of all their future movies coming out, and none of them came to pass. So I'm just hoping that's not the case here, but uh, you know, only time will tell. But uh, let us know what you guys think about that down in the comment section below. All right, guys, so our next main topic here is a quick one, but a good one in a lot of ways for a lot of people, I guess you could say. I hope it's... Uh, well, I'll give you my speculation here once I actually get into it. So recently in a tweet, our, our boy James Gunn, he uh he confirmed to a fan at least. So we'll see if the studio kind of goes against this when the time comes. But at least as far as uh, James Gunn is concerned right now, his Suicide Squad is indeed rated R. So, I mean, there's always the chance that uh, Warner Brothers could say no. And like, like we just went on about for about 40 minutes, they're pretty... Uh, they play it pretty fast and loose over there. You never know what they're going to do. So it's <laughs> definitely possible that they could switch this up on them and say, kind of pull the whole uh, uh, BVS situation on Zach, where it's just like, you got to cut all this, you know, 30 minutes out. It's got to be two and a half hours. Like, don't care if it's going to make the movie worse. It's got to be two and a half hours. They like to play it fast. They even tried to do that with Patty Jenkins on One Roman A4. They tried to get her. John, actually, do I wanted to tell you this. Did you hear, just to, sorry to switch topics real quick, but did you hear that they actually told, or they wanted Patty to remove the opening Amazonian scene, the opening, like, first 20 minutes of the movie, uh, maybe 15 minutes. Uh, but they wanted that cut from the movie, and then they wanted um, the mall scene cut from the movie. Like both, I did not hear that. Yeah, um, odd considering, <laughs> odd considering that those are two of the more, for a movie that people are are critical for how little action is in them. I it's know. odd that they would go for those two scenes. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. I felt the Amazon the Amazon sequence at the opening was. I mean, story wise, it doesn't serve a huge purpose. Um, it's like the best scene. But I felt like it was prettier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like even the people that are critical of the movie feel like that is a, a decent scene. Um, yeah. It's one, super one odd. One of the better parts of the movie. So that yeah, she's odd a choice. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it, it opened yeah. it, interesting. Did you ever watch it? No. You never got to watch it. Yeah. But yeah, it opens up the same way. It's not like a different scene, obviously, but the first one woman opened up the same way with her as a kid, like a flashback thing. And again, like just like in the first one, it was like a cool scene. And I like being at the mascara. It's cool. Like I don't know how on board I am with like a Amazonian spin-off. Like I just don't know how compelling it would be with like without Wonder Woman, you know. I don't know. It just it's I wouldn't be like buying the Amazon comics, you know. I buy the Wonder Woman comics because, like, I like Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? I don't like Themyscira's great atmosphere. I don't know, like, if you got a good story though, I'll watch it. I'll obviously watch the movie if they if they actually end up making the movie. But uh, kind of like Black Widow and Hawkeye, I never really cared if they had their own movie, but I love them in movies. Like, they're great yeah. characters in the Black Widow movie actually looks great, and it was a really great movie to throw Taskmaster in because, like, otherwise. 
what was he going to do? So, I mean, it all makes sense. So I like, I definitely like what they're doing. And point being, they came up with a good story to suit that character. So I'm on board with it. So maybe they could do with that. I don't know. Regardless, this movie, Suicide Squad, James Gunn, Suicide Squad, I am greatly looking forward to. I mean, the work he did on uh, Guardians, and I just it's like, we said this before, but as long as he brings those James Gunn sensibilities that he brought his to elements, yeah, yeah it, it, just throwing that into a, an R rated environment, which is what he really comes from, um, and just playing like, like him being able to play real fast and loose with stuff, um, uh, with all these off the wall characters, um, I, I'm greatly looking forward to. So uh, I hope that the, the Warner Brothers just lets him do his thing, and I feel like the reason he got like this movie was because of the whole situation with Disney just firing him out of nowhere because of those tweets. So everybody just lined up to get him to come work for them once that happened. And he chose to do this with Warner Brothers, and he specifically chose Suicide Squad, was offered Superman. So we know, that's another point we didn't really talk about, by the way. Um, he was offered Superman. So they are thinking of Superman. Yeah, they would be if he offered it to him. Exactly. So they, they are thinking about it. Even Kevin Feige, when him and uh, James Gunn spoke, and he told, uh, when James told Kevin that he was going to be making us a, a DC movie, the first thing he asked is if it, if it was Superman. So even Kevin Feige wants a Superman movie, DC. Okay. Maybe make the damn movie. Okay. Everybody wants you direct movie. it. Yeah. It'd be a, that'd be a bad movie, but I would do it just to get it done. Okay. You could come up with a good story. I feel like I could definitely come up with a story. And I, I mean, I can, I can shoot some stuff with a camera, but I mean, I just wouldn't know what anything is. <laughs> like never directed a movie before. No idea. I'll tell you where to put the. Ca- I'll do the cinematography, but I'm not going to do anything else. I can't make the actors act. Like I'm, I could not do the director part. I could yeah, film that's a, some an stuff. Intense job, really. Yeah, if you think like, about it, director has a lot of stuff to do, man. Like I, I, I could film it, but I'd probably not direct it too well. Yeah. I'd be in a really uncomfortable situation, <laughs> but. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? You think it's going to, I think it's going to keep the rated R thing just because like, I think Warner brothers was just like, you can do anything you want. Just come make a movie here. Cause like, I think it's cool, honestly, that it'd be rated R because I would just be that much more visceral and uh, graphic and intense. I hope my, what yeah. I was going to say off the top was I hope it's not the rated R for the sake of being rated R like Harley Quinn was. Yeah. That movie did not need to be rated R. It was, why was it rated R? So, so they could say the F word a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was no other, like none of the action was R rated. None of the, even like the, the situations that like Deadpool would be in, you know, like getting pegged on national women's day. Like, like that stuff wasn't even in the Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. I just, think, I think Deadpool was the exact reason the Harley Quinn was rated R. I think oh, yeah, DC saw how the fourth wall breaking kind of, irreverent anti-hero was so popular with Deadpool. I think they, and, and Harley Quinn has some of that in her comics. She's some of the comics that they've done with her have been mature rated comics and, and it works well. And as you, we also have seen the, the success of the animated Harley Quinn show oh, on, yeah. on DC on what was the DC universe app and now HBO max. I mean, they're done right. It can be hilarious and a great yeah. show. 
Uh, unfortunately, well, that for the stuff movie, even I thought that stuff worked in the movie. The fourth wall breaking stuff, like it really lends itself to the. I thought that worked. Yeah, that was great. It was good. The whole movie didn't match up to the quality. I I would say I didn't match up to the quality of the animated show. There there's something totally missing about it. Um, they almost felt forced in the movie that it didn't feel like that. But regardless, um, I, I, I'm glad they're making it rated R. I think that this was probably a condition or a, a, a something that they came they they came to terms or agreement on when he when James Gunn came over. They were, he was like, "Look, I want to make this movie. This is my idea for it. It's got to be rated R." I mean, I, I'm telling you right now. What I'm going to shoot is going to be rated R. You can't make cuts to make it not rated R. And I'm guessing the DC said, "Yep, okay, that's fine." Now maybe they're hoping, and they've got their you know their prayers tied to the MPAA having a a very soft day and giving them somehow squeaking out of PG-13. But I doubt that's going to happen. I have a feeling it's going to be pretty over the top and um, and fun, but also intended for mature audiences. I one small thing I you real quick was um i saw an article that said that um with hbo max and, and warner brothers doing their uh their their streaming concurrent with the release of the film that uh it, it may remove any feelings on wb's or warner brothers part to push for that pg-13 because they figure adults will be you know, they'll be the ones who may go go to the theater still, but if teens want to watch it or if, or if younger people want to watch it by putting on HBO Max, they may that may incentivize people to sign up for it and see it that way. Um, or watch it as a family if, if teens want to go see it and they want their parents, you know, their parents want to watch it with them or something to talk through scenes that they're concerned about or something. So um that that the fact that it's releasing both on on both platforms at the same time may may lessen the the desire for them to push for a PG thirteen. Yeah, no, that makes sense too. And I know um, between the Suicide Squad, Dune, and there was one other one that it that might actually Warner Brothers might be backtracking on doing that release too the 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 day and date release with HBO Max. Uh, I know with Dune because Legendary is threatening to take them to court over it, um, and they would lose. So they're they're gonna have to do Dune in theaters for sure, unless they come up with a ton of money to pay them off. But I don't think Denis Villeneuve wants money from it. I think he wants it in theaters, and I think James Gunn's the same way. He already got his payday just to make the movie. He wants the movie mm -hmm. to be in theaters. So uh, I think they're gonna be in the in the camp of just making James Gunn happy, and that's why he's doing the R-rated movie he wanted to do, in my opinion. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I wouldn't... Uh, be, if you hire someone to do a job, let them just do the job. You know, just yeah. let them do it. So I'm looking forward to it. You guys got anything else you want to add on that one? Looking forward to it. I know. I think it'll be cool. I can't wait, man. And it definitely means there's a ton of blood just sitting on, on, on our boy John Cena's leg here. So, I mean, yeah. just, that's the stuff that makes it R-rated more so than... Uh, you know, a couple f bombs. When you actually, surprisingly, it's here here with uh, the MPA, uh, MPAA, they, they it's the blood and the sex that gets it R rated, and like the f bomb will do it, but just it's just weird stuff. That's plenty could, of that in Deadpool. Yeah, you could have tons of like decapitations and murdering and 
whatnots, but if you don't put the blood in, you're good. You get to keep the PG-13, but once you start showing the blood, it gets the R rating. So I, I just hope it's, uh, you know, it's like when they blew up uh, Slipknot's head in the first Suicide Squad movie, spoiler alert. Like, I want to see some of that stuff, but, like, see it. You know what I mean? Make it yeah. worthy of the R rating. But again, not just for the sake of doing it, but you know what I mean. Like, if you're going to do it, then just go all out and do that stuff too. You know what I mean? So, but anyways, guys, the question is, what do you think about this? Are you excited that James Gunn is uh, pretty much being able to play in his own little sandbox here and make the R-rated movie that I think we all knew and expected would be coming from him? And do you think that HBO's, or not HBO, but Warner Brothers is going to try to rein this in and get a PG-13 rating from it? Or do you think they're just going to let James Gunn do whatever James Gunn wants to do? So let us know what you guys think down in the comment section below. All right, guys. So our next main topic here is going to bring us to an interesting article that came out. Uh, this is from CBR, but it's in reference to HBO's subscriber count. Um, seems to have, at least according to a report that they're quoting from Variety, um, it seems that they have lost... Roughly, HBO themselves has lost roughly 50%, 51% of their subscribers since the end of Game of Thrones, which this isn't like world-shattering news or anything, and we've talked about for, for like months now how HBO has kind of like squandered the whole... HBO Max launch and how they're you know, playing catch up with Disney as far as subscriber numbers go. And we're going to get into another article here that really breaks us down, uh, like uh, all the streaming services, subscriber numbers uh, throughout this year. We're going to get into that in a minute. But this is just kind of uh, dropped and just is kind of, I don't know, like it's not like earth shattering information, but it's definitely like interesting. Yeah. Like the fact that. 51% of a subscriber base is a lot of people and like it doesn't say heck? yeah it doesn't say what uh oh, wait 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 does this say, is this saying 12 million viewers but okay so yeah the show drew in an increasingly large audience and broke numerous records culminating in an average of about 12 million viewers by season 8 so you're looking at what, like 6.1 million people not subscribed at this point yeah, I, I'm curious where what these numbers are kind of. Yeah, I don't. I'm I not can't sure. Speak to the numbers too much because right? here's the thing: like the 12 million. I thought I had read at one point that there were 12 million people watching Game of Thrones, like when it premiered, like the night it premiered on mm -hmm. HBO. That doesn't take into account anybody that was watching on one of the streaming platforms or watching online or later viewers too. So yeah. this number, the, the loss of viewers may even be higher than the 6 million that's kind of implied to by this article. Oh yeah. And there, I mean, regardless of that, the, the, cause the numbers are going to be for one, well, they'll probably, it'll be hard for unless HBO max is just going to, or not HBO max, but HBO and Warner brothers is just going to release their losses. Like, I mean, I guess they would have to, cause it's, if, if they're publicly traded. But either way, that's not information that they normally just hand out to people. So the numbers are going to be kind of like hard. You just kind of got to go off whatever anybody's going to give you. And so I guess all that they even had to go off of was, well, we had 12 million people watching it and they've lost 50. I don't, I don't know where they're coming up with the numbers, but still, when you look at the article, I mean, the article we're going to get into here in a little bit with uh, their like overall numbers, uh, that's a lot of people that they really shouldn't be like, they can't really afford to lose because like, they barely have, like, they barely got that much 
in October when HBO Max released, if I'm remembering that much. For them to have 12 million people watching for one show and then them to go on and launch a new streaming service with all this new content and stuff and then they were only able to rack in the the viewership that they were getting for one show before it's a pretty bad number like yeah. like and, and I'm telling you man we'll get into it here in a little bit with uh once we get to the streaming article but their biggest problem with this was just the damn marketing for it dude like nobody knows what HBO HBO Max is man like yeah really know. but uh we'll get into that here in a little bit because that is literally one of the topics that we're gonna get into but what do you what do you guys think about them losing roughly 51 percent after game of thrones do you think that's like bad or do you think it's just a result of like literally just because like they didn't like game of thrones and they like that's what i think it is it's saying that up top the conclusion of game of thrones resulted in hbo losing more than half of its adult audience and i think a lot of people were really upset with the conclusion of game of thrones but i don't know if that's enough to make you be like screw hbo max you know no because i think it's more or less like once hbo or once game of thrones ended they didn't have a reason to keep hbo yeah yeah that's like the only reason they used it yeah i it's a combination of both i mean not i hate to say this because like first world problems but i I think a lot of people that subscribe to cable services or streaming services tend to have some extra disposable income they're not like razor thin budgets to the point where if they keep or cut their their that that service each month it's going to be you know, the, the, the difference between them making their mortgage or not. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like that's what, that's what, and I feel like that's kind of what streaming services are banking on is the fact that once they get people pulled in, they'll continue to hold them just because it's kind of a hassle to cancel it. It's kind of whatever. And so I think the idea that HBO lost half of their subscribers based on the conclusion is it it does say something about the fact that it was a popular show and once it was over people didn't have a reason to but i also do do think it kind of indicts the ending of the show of the show a little bit it is kind of an indictment that half of the people were like okay i'm i i you know i don't see any value in this service i i you know i didn't like the ending to this show i'm not even going to give you the benefit of the doubt and try your other shows because of how poorly you ended this particular show that I had so much invested in um, that they went through that trouble to, to actively cancel. I mean, half of their subscribers actively canceled based off of that, um, which I, and that kind of dovetails into my second point, which is, and I, I harp on it a lot and maybe it's because of how still raw and emotional I feel about it, but they, the ending to that show was so mismanaged and so mishandled um that look at look at you're still feeling the fallout from it when you look at like hbo max now can you imagine how much better position hbo max would have been if they had figured out a way to get them to expand the ending of game of thrones and not rush it into two truncated final seasons um if they had let that show have the room to breathe actually do what they were doing at the beginning which is give each book its own season to play everything out in. If they hadn't rushed it and they gave it, you know, three or four more seasons, 
Heck, they could have launched HBO Max with either the final or the second to last season of Game of Thrones exclusive to HBO Max. And can you imagine what that would have done just hype-wise and awareness-wise for, for that for that platform? Um, it's just everything about the way genius. they handled yeah, everything the way everything they the way they handled everything about the ending to that series just and yet again we're talking about Warner Brothers and then mishandling yeah. something. It's just it's mind boggling that they're still you know I, I, I say all this as a layman that has no idea what goes into this and I apologize to all those people that work there and they do their I'm sure they're doing their hardest every day and they're doing what they think is best but. At some point, somewhere in the in the rung of responsibility, the ladder of responsibility, somebody has to look at this and just go, our past decade has not been good. It just mm -hmm. hasn't. There's been a lot of hits, but then the, the misses have been really bad misses is the problem. Catastrophic like, almost. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's amazing. Like, they're, if, I'd say honestly, if, if, if any other smaller like company had like the problems that they're having as far as division amongst fans and uh, just consumers, and then even with like the the latest announcement that they had, where the their twenty twenty one slate, where they're not even like consulting with their talent, their 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 artists working for them, not letting the directors even know and having discussions that do to even like so little as inform them let alone negotiate like contract stuff with them and you know for like back end points and stuff like let alone just they didn't even tell people that they were going to forego like movie theaters for all the movies that they've made next year they they're just going to put them straight on the streaming service like it's baffling that like it, if it was a smaller company like they'd be they'd be done by now like if they didn't already have Warner Brothers money and AT&T money in and HBO wasn't already a successful platform for him. Like this would be a quibby situation. Like, like yeah. in all honesty, like it has been this it's, great analogy. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, like, that's good. It's just, I don't, it's mind boggling. It's, it goes back to what I was saying before, where it's like, you got the best superheroes in the world and you're just squandering it all. Like just yeah. making mediocre films, some good, some bad, making the weirdest choices, like no Superman two, but you got <laughs> you one really Game of three, and it's like, dude, I'll be stuck on that until, until it's made. Until it's made. <laughs> like, Marvel's blown DC out of the out of the water, and I think it was always the opposite with the comics. You know, DC was always like the bigger, oh yeah, bigger animal, and. uh it's just it's weird to me that Marvel's been so successful and DC just hasn't been able to reach that sort of uh, height. I guess you could say. And they, like I said, they did it with the B team, the C team, even. Yeah. Because like Fox and Sony had control of their big guns. They like, made the B and C team into the A team exactly. with the Avengers, like. Yeah. Which is again, it's mind-boggling when you look at that, and then you look at what well, Warner Brothers has all of the pantheon of DC characters. And it's like, it's not doing anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I can, I'm not going to be able to remember, but I read, I think I read an article years ago that, that talked about how whoever was the president of Warner brothers pictures or something wanted to make, was really concerned that their films be, that their movies that they release be considered like films with some sort of like, abstract unquantifiable element to them 
that made them somehow more prestigious than what Marvel was doing or something. And it's just, it sounded like just a BS, like somebody that's been in the industry too long that has a much higher opinion of themselves and of what they're doing. And like, like they felt like it was an art form and their, their films had to be some form of art and that Marvel's weren't for some reason. And then, and that was why they were so hesitant to just put out stuff the way Marvel did. And it just, anyway, it, 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 it clearly it's, it's not only hurt the company, it's now hurting, you know, the characters and it's just it's hurting the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then the choices they've been making as a company is not only just hurting their, like their actual brands, like uh, their their properties brand, it's it's hurting their own brand, like it's the, the, the reputation. Like, yeah, the Warner Brothers yeah. reputation is like really taking a dive here. Like literally, the Screen Actors Guild of America, or no, the directors, the DGA. I think it was a DGA, but they were talking about like essentially unionizing against Warner Brothers after their the the, the announcement they made here. It's like so, like it's just a. With a, when you're making like literally all of the the people like you're a production company, you're a movie distrib- distribution and production company, and you're literally actively pissing off and, and honestly shitting on all of the people that you employ, and and not in a sense to where like they have to deal with it because there's nothing they can do, they they won't work with you, like the the, the actors and directors out there will just go work for. With Sony, they'll go work with Paramount. They'll go work with Disney. Like they need the actors and the directors and the screenwriters out there. Like they not nece- no one else necessarily needs Warner Brothers to make a movie. Like there's plenty of other production companies. Yeah, like, definitely plenty of them. So like, yeah, it's just baffling to me. Like I don't know. They need to get the act together, <laughs> like we said before. Um, but anyways, as far as uh, as far as the Game of Thrones uh, information here, where the Warner Brothers, not Warner Brothers, HBO Max is. Or, God, I'm all over the place here. As far <laughs> as HBO losing fifty percent of their subscribers post Game of Thrones, once Game of Thrones ended, let us know what you guys think about that down in the comment section below. Do you think it's because of uh, you know was it more the dissatisfaction with the the way the series ended, or do you think it was uh? more of the the fact that the show was over and that was the main reason that anybody was actually subscribed to the platform to begin with and then john like he had the most genius idea do you think it would have been better for them to just hold off and maybe maybe have the game of thrones series ready to go for the hbo max launch and then maybe then people would know what hbo max is and actually care about it you know what i mean i don't know let us know what you guys think about that down in the comment section below all right, guys. So our next topic here is going to be talking about the the um, Jesus, the premiere of Wonder Woman and how well it did for HBO Max themselves. There's been so much talk about HBO Max now that I'm stumbling upon the titles and the words. Just a lot of information going on in here. But right now, uh, a lot of people when it, when HBO Max and Warner Brothers had their whole announcement to put all their films straight to you know HBO Max in 2021 and all this, and they were going to start with Wonder Woman. Everyone was curious as to like how well will it actually do for the service? And, you know, will it actually bring in new subscribers and it, it numbers that they actually want for the most part? Because everybody knew that yeah, there's going to be some new subscribers, but w- is it going to be substantial enough for them to actually continue on and move forward with the entire slate of their 2021 movies, or will it be kind of all for naught? And we have some numbers. Uh, this is coming from the Hollywood Reporter. 
that kind of showcase a little bit of that information here. And it also dictates a little bit uh, of a comparison between uh, Disney Plus and Soul. So the, the good news for Warner Brothers in some regards here in HBO Max is that the Wonder Woman film coming uh, being released on HBO Max was the most uh, streamed video, the most straight-to-streaming SVOD movie of the year. So, I mean, that's good. And it all sounds good and dandy. But then if you actually it, go in... In a pandemic year, that sounds really good. It does. It really does. It's good. That's... I mean, I don't know. The, the only problem you have with it is when you start to actually look at the competition. <laughs> like, how, like what, what was that bar sure. that you had to pass? You know, cause like, sure. And like how many of, uh, how much higher would the number have been if, say, it didn't release in theaters in a lot of places? Because in international markets, it, it released in theaters. So a lot of people may have already seen it in theaters. Some theaters, like you went and saw it in theater as well. So you may have watched it again on HBO Max if you already had it, but there are some people out there who who were able to go to a theater and watch it, and those people, um, this may not be like the significant factor, but a factor would be people already seeing it in uh, theaters, maybe had no reason to sign up for HBO Max at this point. Um, and again, those numbers uh, might not be as astronomically high as the as you would think they would be. Um, I don't know what the exact, what the highest was before it, but it goes on to say that there was like 23% um, signed up for the streaming service just to watch um, uh, Wonder Woman. But when you look at the actual percentages, it's like their, their overall number is like 28 million as opposed to Disney plus has 87 million. So 80, when you get 13% out of 87 million is going to be you know, probably around roughly the same as 23% of, or it's going to be smaller than 23% of 28 million. You know what I mean? So when you actually start to look at the percentages, it's like, it sounds good, but it, you got to know what the base number is. And that's when it gets yeah. kind of confusing for for everybody. But regardless, when you're looking at uh, just kind of the blanket statement of like, at least there was an increase. That's good. I mean, at least I, I don't think it's the numbers they were really necessarily hoping for, but I think there's a lot of factors that actually go into it. Another one being that HBO Max, the, the the launch they had where they were just finally able to get on Roku and Amazon devices like a month ago, and it's still not available in as many markets as Disney Plus is. So Disney Plus is just still dwarfing them in subscriber counts because they're available on more platforms. They were able to launch on more platforms. So it's just, it's, it's again, just back to the mismanagement, but what do you guys think? Do you think that this is a good thing that uh, Warner Bro or Wonder Woman 84 was able to bring in at least some, some new subscribers for them? And then we're also going to be getting into, there's a whole breakdown in our next topic of like all the streaming numbers for all the companies and uh, all the, in comparison to the, uh, the box office grows for 2020 compared to uh, 2019. So stay tuned for that here. We're going to get into that in just a minute. It kind of uh, segues into it. So but what do you guys think about these initial numbers? It's good for HBO Max that they could draw in numbers like that from one movie. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, uh, like we've been kind of saying, Disney Plus has been able to grow to 87 million uh, subscribers with one show. With one show, yeah. <laughs> one um, really good show. Yeah, one really good show. Um, but I mean, it's just baffling, like yeah. that they were able to do that. And then 
because I said this before too, man, like HBO Max, like on paper, they have more and arguably like overall better content than it depends on who you are, I guess. But like it's all subjective. But like HBO Max, when compared to a Netflix and a Disney Plus and then a Peacock and all this stuff, like as far as quantity and quality, when you look at the best overall, it'd be hard to argue that HBO Max like isn't actually the best one. Yeah. Like with just what they have, uh, how much of it is premium content and how much they have in general, it kind of dwarfs everybody else. Game of Thrones, Sopranos, like all these, all these classic HBO, like astronomical hits, right? The entire Warner Brothers catalog and whatnot. Like it's, it's crazy because it's, it's such a good service in all reality, but they've just squandered. <laughs> The squandered the launch for it. So, John, what do you think these were good numbers and they were, do you think they were wanting better than this uh, 23% increase? I mean, I guess publicly they have to promote this as a win. Um, yeah. Having the number one streaming movie, I, I think that's something. Having the number one streaming movie for a pandemic year is is a, is something to hang your hat on. Um, but obviously they're, they're, they're kind of scrambling still and they're trying to find a way to prop up um, the thing. The other thing that I, you know, this, this cat and mouse game, these uh, streaming companies play and it's, you know, I blame Netflix because Netflix has done it the entire time they've been in existence. But this, this, this idea that they don't reveal their numbers mm-hmm. is, is a little frustrating. Um, I would think as an investor, if you were an investor, you would just hate that and you, oh, would, yeah. you would shy away from investing in these companies because you don't know the numbers. You do, you, there's no good information out there about what is actually going on with these companies. But anyway, all that aside, um, I, I think that they must be at least somewhat pleased with Wonder Woman's, Wonder Woman 84's performance. Otherwise, they wouldn't have greenlit Wonder Woman 3. They wouldn't be talking it up as the most streamed movie. I, I think all that put together, they're, they're happy with it. Um, I don't think we'll ever know. We'll never know, you know what the theoretical box office for that movie would have been had it yeah. not. You know, There was an article the other day that talked about why the reception to Wonder Woman 84 was so poor among not just critics but among the general audience and one of the things that they pointed out was a lot of people consume wonder woman 84 in a method that is not typical for most major releases they consumed it while sitting on their couch holding their phone and live tweeting their reactions so anytime some couch critic felt like they didn't like something or the way that something was played out they could tweet it out and then that that was instant bias that was being sent out to other people who are either getting ready to watch it or maybe watching at the same time um, versus the traditional method where people go sit in a theater they they see the movie and they take it all in as a total uh, the totality of the film at one sitting without any outside um, opinions or influence and then they kind of you know go in and, and adjust their opinions after the fact but they've already got that first impression from having having viewed it you know, unfiltered or un, I don't know if unfiltered is the right way, but, you know, without that other in, input coming in. So um, I do think that was an interesting take on why the reaction was so different. And I think it 
it, you know, we'll never know if that reaction, if, if the negative reaction we're seeing to the movie would have translated into a negative box office. I think I um, also read something similar to where it was, um, it, I don't, I can't remember if this was like an actual, like st- statistical analysis kind of thing or a, a, a theory, if you will. But um, they were similarly going on to say that, you know, a lot of people, because they watched it from home on their couch and everything, they didn't get the overall just movie theater experience. Yeah. And it's it which makes the movie uh, I don't and I agree with it in some ways to where like when you watch movie at home and you watch movie (laughs) in theaters with a big crowd and all that stuff like your experience will be different. Oh, definitely. Um, for better or for worse, but I don't, I don't agree because they were going on to say that that was like the main reason that like a, a lot of people don't like the movie was that like you, you watch it on your TV experience, yeah, yeah, and you miss out on the experience and you're just there, you're watching it. Who knows? I mean, like how how many times did you pause the movie? How many times did you get up and go? You know, how distracted were you? Like, did you actually like, absorb the movie in like you would traditionally and all that? Yeah, stuff? you're not directly focusing on it. Yeah, which I'm sure is an effect. But I don't think it's like I didn't like the movie like straight up. And it wasn't because I didn't watch it in theaters. I didn't like the movie. Like it's uh, that's just how it is. But I, I can I I'm willing to accept that like that was a, a definitely something that had an effect on a lot of people's viewing experience. Because it's like there are some scenes even in the movie and like like most movies the, the directors make these movies to be played in theaters. You know, like that's what they're made for. And there's plenty of scenes that like I would have much rather seen in the theater if I could have like the first flight scene, the 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 ship the, or not the ship, but the, the, the jet scene. And they're flying through the fireworks and all. The, there's a lot of good imagery in there, like the, the mascara scene, a lot of things like that. I, yeah, I would have loved to have seen it on, you know, on the big screen. It's not going to make a bad movie a good movie. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah I get that. Like, but I could definitely see it affecting people's overall just initial impressions and viewpoint on it for sure. Because, like, it is in a, kind of an uncontrollable environment. It's, it's an unknown variable, you know, because you don't know. You know there's just a lot of things that go into it. As opposed to you're in the movie theater, you're focused on the movie. You're just sitting there yeah. focused on it. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're doing. You paid to be there. You're, you're, you're focused. You know, that's why you're there. So I definitely think it has an effect. 100 percent um the one thing too that uh just to add in here before we move on to the next one it wasn't just the highest uh the most streamed movie it actually was the box office winner apparently or is this just over the weekend or is this over the office the debut uh no that's the top debut of any film since the pandemic struck in march so an opening weekend of 16.7 million domestically is the biggest domestic opening we've had all year. Good for them, though. Yeah. With I mean, everything that's, just that's goes, going on. Yeah, that just goes to show you, like, how... And we'll get into this here in another article. Um, that just goes to show you how bad <laughs> the theater industry was hit, man. $16 million opening weekend for a comic book movie. A, a successful franchise, second installment of a comic book movie. Like, this is something that typically would have made anywhere from... 100 200 million opening weekend and you're looking at number one at uh 16 million very i think 100 to 125 million opening for one or maybe four would have been realistic yeah 
I agree. Had, had, had Payday not been. Yeah. yeah. I think a minimum one, because I think even Joker was like 85. I might be yeah. wrong on it, but I think that was about where it was, 60 to 80. And that's pretty standard for, like, like I feel like that's on cool. par with, like, the Ant-Man movies and things like that. Like, you know, these big ones, they make about 80 to 100. And that's a stellar opening weekend. Yeah. 50 million is a great opening weekend for most movies. Just these ones, I mean, even Warner Brothers expected this movie to make around a billion. That's why they paid Gal and Patty ten million. You know, they're they're one percent back end points off the movie. So they definitely expected it to do big numbers. And I mean, given given the situation, it was your highest domestic grossing opening weekend all year. So it did do big numbers to some extent when you look at it in, in that way. So that's good. I think overall, despite the I don't know the, the 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 funkiness you can play with the percentages because you know they're comparing soul and how many people signed up for disney plus just to watch soul that's 13 percent off of you know 90 million as opposed to the 23 percent off of uh you know like 30 million for hbo so i mean the, the, the yeah numbers if you, are if a little you, bit wonkier but if you take those percentages based off of their uh, off of what we think their subscriber base is you're looking at six Point four four million new subscribers to HBO Max, but Soul at a lower at a lower percentage is still more viewers at eleven million point two four um, yeah. million additions. You're talking about almost five. Was that five? Almost six additional million subscribers for Disney, but the percentage comes out lower because their install base was already bigger. Exactly. Yeah, so that's why it's like when you start to look at the numbers, was it really all that good? But I think regardless, any increase for HBO is good. Yeah, because that's what they're hurting at right now. So a little unfair to compare it to Disney in, in some ways. Sure, maybe, but I mean that is what the what we're here for, or they're, they're, at least that's that's what this article is about: comparing the numbers. And uh, that'd be the name of the game right now if, uh, if these films were traditionally opening in the box office. So we'd be comparing their opening weekends. And it is pretty good for Soul, too. I mean, let's, let's, I guess let's give a shout-out to Disney for uh, and Pixar, really, to have uh, yeah. that much pull to actually get uh, 13% of, of, like you said, like about 11 million people to sign up just, just for the Pixar movie. That's pretty good. It's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's real good. So, um, but yeah, that's about it. That's that's it for all this. That's that is it for that topic, guys. What do you think about you know HBO Max at least having some sort of improvement on their subscriber base with the HBO or not with the Wonder Woman going straight to HBO Max? I mean, because that's obviously what they were aiming for. But do you think that they're actually like a little bit disappointed in the numbers, regardless of it being a success and then being the the top streamed movie of 2020 and then having the highest domestic box office opening of 2020 do you think even though they get to say they have those titles do you think they were obviously wishing for more or even expected more let us know what you think down in the comment section below all right guys so our final topic here is a bit of a mixture of a couple different topics we got some 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 rather lengthy articles have came out um about 
just the overall like subscriber count between all these streaming services, the impact that uh, the pandemic has had on the streaming services and the impact that it has had on the box office in general. Uh, so I'm not going to, I want to link both of these like two primary articles in the description down below. So if you want to actually read them in depth, I, if you if you're really into these kind of things, it's a lot of like number crunch and stuff. So a lot of people find it boring. So we're not going to cover like, these very in-depth articles like in their entirety but i'm going to focus on just a couple of these numbers here just to kind of highlight uh and some of these numbers are pretty they're pretty incredible when you actually see them as far as uh just the overall i don't know in, in some ways things were good for like the streaming services and everything but then you compare that to the the box office and the, there's a significant difference in success there. And it's uh, I don't know, it's very interesting. So we're going to pull this up. We're going to just uh, get into this right now here. And the first one that we are going to get into is the uh, HBO Max set. Because uh, I, I, I kept saying a couple, like during the last couple of segments, like we got articles we're going to get into. We got articles we're going to get into. We're going to cover this in a little bit. This is one of them. As far as the HBO Max and Disney Plus, uh, when uh, kind of like we were just talking about before with uh, Wonder Woman coming out on HBO Max, like how much did it actually help? And apparently, there was five hundred and fifty-four thousand users who signed up just on uh, the Friday to Sunday period. So that gives us some indication like we were talking about before, like we just had the percentages to go off of. And even when you look at the percentages, it's like, I think we come up to like 11 million for Disney plus, And then what was it like 6 million for Warner brothers? Like the numbers are just too finicky for anybody to really try to digest because we don't have the actual viewer counts from these people. Uh, these people being with streaming services uh, because they just don't release the information. Like, so it's really hard. I'm sure they release it to like, the the people who own stock i mean unless maybe like the high enough if you're high enough on the totem pole as far as a shareholder you probably get that information but i don't know i don't know why they just they just don't release the numbers and uh it's probably because in all honesty like if you guys remember netflix started counting like a view of being like what was it, man? It was something ridiculous. Like if they watched one minute of something. First, yeah, the first right, three yeah. minutes of a show or something. Yeah, that counts as like, a view. That's like mm -hmm. it kept auto playing, and you didn't realize <laughs> that it like you know what yeah, I mean? that, that shouldn't count. Yeah, but it counts. That's when Netflix will count. So it's like when when Netflix comes out and says like this was our highest viewed thing. It's like what does that really mean? Yeah, like it's it's, you're gonna watch that for just to like take a dump and then turn it off. Like you don't, you know, I, I don't know. Regardless, this is a pretty big number, just indicating that there's been 54, for 554, half a million users sign up in just a weekend. That's pretty good. I mean, that gives a, a better indication of what, we yeah, what we were talking about in the previous uh, segment. Like, it gives us a better idea. And then this is, like, stuck behind a paywall on Bloomberg. So, like, you got enough money, Bloomberg, so I'm not going to support that. We're going to move on here to deadline and like this article, this is the one that I'm going to link in the description below. And then this next one. Um, so just look out for these two from deadline. And these, these are both from deadline. One's the box office one, one's a streaming one, but this one has, there's a ton of information here. Like, and like I said, I'm not going to cover everything cause we'll be here all night, but there are some like tidbits here that I just want to focus on. And uh, this, this little segment here was in, in reference to HBO max. And uh, 
it kind of goes in hand in hand with what we were saying before, where no one knows what HBO Max even is. Like we all know because we're all in this world. But this this article goes and breaks down that there's literally what was the percentage here? Let me just see. So let me just read this first before I start going off track. I'm just gonna get confused. So, uh, so th this goes on to say that one Disney had, despite Disney having like far more subscribers because their pay rate, like they're the amount they charge for their service, uh, it's still essentially netting them like nothing essentially because it's so cheap so like they're starting with a subscription increase by a dollar um i guess come march of next year they're going to increase bad. everything up yeah, and then eventually it's going to go up even higher but i think that's cool on disney's part at least is to start with a dollar and then kind of go from there um but this one here there so because of a complex model the company executives concede has been an obstacle in the early going, most paying HBO subscribers have not yet activated their HBO Max subscriptions, which are available to them at no additional cost. So point being, if you already had the regular HBO service, like you paid it through your cable provider, you had it as an add-on in Amazon Prime, whatever it was. Like if you bought HBO, had HBO Go, had HBO Now, whatever it was. If you had one of the pre-existing HBO services, you actually have HBO Max. You require no additional like signing up. There's nothing else you need to sign up for. All you have to do is sign into HBO Max with the same credentials you were signed into before. And there's only been like, I think that's where they go on to say where's the number here? So as of October. While you, while you, okay, go ahead. You're good. Oh, let me finish this one. Because I'm going to lose place. There's so much information on this stupid thing. But as of October, there were about 3.6 million direct retail subscribers to HBO Max. So that means 3.6 million people sought out the HBO Max application and actually signed up and paid for it through that platform. So uh, then, so then by December, they were up to 12.6 million activations across. HBO customers and retail subscribers. So we know that they, you, we can kind of get a rough number on that just based on like they were supposedly at about 28 million total. So between the month of, De just in the month of December, they've had 12.6 of their overall subscriber base. If, if, if we're looking at this correctly, because the previous article said they were at 28 million total subscribers. 12.6 of those subscribers just signed up in December. So they have gained about a third of their overall totals just this much. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, then Wonder, then Wonder Woman 84 definitely played a substantial role in that. Like, obviously. There was no other reason to sign up for an HBO, for HBO other than Wonder Woman 84 in December. What were you going to say? Well, you, you had mentioned that only a fraction of their... HBO subscribers had converted over to HBO Max subscriptions, mm -hmm. um, even though for a lot of them it was included. Um, I'll just say, as someone that was in that boat, I was an HBO Now subscriber, I think. Was HBO, HBO Now was the one, the standalone subscription yeah. one, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I was, an HBO, I was an HBO Go when I had HBO on. 
um, as part of my cable package. And then when I got rid of cable like a decade ago, I switched over to HBO Now. And then when I went to, obviously I wanted to go from HBO Now to HBO Max because I wanted all the additional content with HBO Max. And when I tried to make that switch, when I tried to change my billing and go on to HBO Max and subscribe to their platform and get that switch made over, it was virtually impossible. I had to contact customer service at HBO like, I think three different times I, I had my HBO now um, payment going through Amazon's web services. So I had to cancel that and then contact HBO max. Like I think it was like three times before I was able, because it was telling me that my credentials were already, were already tied to a different HBO account. And so I couldn't subscribe to the HBO max account. It was a big headache. And so I'm not, uh, I'm not surprised at all to hear that a lot of HBO customers have not <laughs> converted to HBO Max. Well, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know that it was yeah. like problematic in that level because I I didn't have any problems because like I it, it's really weird because I used to have HBO through my cable provider and I'm still late because and then I got it through Amazon just through Prime like I just had like the add on for fifteen bucks a month or whatever it was because it was mm -hmm. cheaper than having HBO through my cable provider. I have internet cable bundled, so it's just I don't pay extra for cable. I don't have cable anymore, so I'm just calling on my cable provider. Um, but either way, I had it through there, but then I stopped paying for it through there because they charge like $18, $19 a month for it, and it was only 15 to get it through Amazon. So I switched over, but I'm still able to sign in to HBO Max using my, my, my cable provider login. So... I think I'm just getting it for free right now. <laughs> I can just sign it's in. It's pretty cool. It. Yeah. So I'm just like, so if you're watching this um, and you're working with my, if you, I'm not going to name my cable providers so you can't shut me down. So I'm not saying <laughs> nothing. You didn't hear anything from me. John, I think you froze again. Um, and let me see if I can find this other, like there was one other piece of news here. Because uh, like I said, this article is just way too big. With it, it's a good read if you want to actually take a look at some of this stuff. Like it goes on to say that like Peacock was able to amass like 26 million users, but that's not the premium. Like because Peacock is both free and they have a paid tier, but they haven't released what the actual paid tier is. So like like we said, these these streaming services don't have to release their numbers and don't they don't like to do it. Even Netflix, who we know is killing it is they have almost 200 million subscribers but they're still very shady on the information that they actually do release um and it's the same way with like peacock and all this stuff but they because they have that free service then i mean that's why they've gotten i mean the office is on peacock so there's the 26 million people they're just watching right, the office right <laughs> that's literally what it is um what do we see here so the number of households subscribing to multiple streaming services reached 61%, up from 48% in 2019. Um, so, that, I mean, that's huge. Like, And that's just because uh, you do the pandemic. And that's why like, they've been like, the streaming services have been like popping off. Where was this number for Disney? Because there was something that showed that Disney despite not being able to release their films uh, theatrically this year, their stocks and everything have gone up in 2020, regardless of not having... With their theme parks being shut down, with 
you know, um, no movies, or not no movies, but most of Disney movies having to forego having any sort of theatrical run um, due to Disney Plus, essentially, Disney stock has still managed to become more valuable now than it was in 2019, which is crazy. Which, again, just, well, that, it just goes to show the direct-to-consumer is what they're focusing on and why. That last sentence where in that, or in that paragraph where your cursor is, the company uh-huh. says Disney Plus will reach 230 to 260 million subscribers by 2024, quadrupling its annual content spending to at least $8 billion by that time. That's Jeez. incredible. I know. Like it's... It, that, it goes to show you why that all these companies like that's why it seems like a crazy move and like a shitty move by HBO and Warner Brothers just to say we're putting everything on HBO Max. Like everything's going there. Like this is why they yeah. see why these would, numbers. Why would HBO Max not? If Disney has been so successful and it, and they're trending in, the, in this right direction, I, I'm still a little confused why HBO Max set their price point at such a higher amount than Disney Plus. I mean, they said higher than Netflix, right? Out of the gate. I'm I'm assuming it has something to do with what people were paying for HBO before time. I'm I'm guessing it might also have to do with cable subscriptions and how much people have to pay for HBO through their cable provider. Maybe they're, maybe they didn't want to undercut the cable providers, but at this point, God, when you're talking about that kind of revenue, undercut your cable provider, cable companies are dead. I'm sorry, but you're dead in the water. AT&T is, that's why they're buying HBO Max and stuff, or why they're buying Warner Brothers is to get these other ad revenues because they know the the cable services are DOA almost at this point. That is 100% the the biggest reason that they're, they're, they're like so far behind right now is because there was too much of a confusion between what the platform even is, HBO Max, and even existing customers like yourself who tried to activate the new platform with your existing account ran into too many issues to even do it. But on top of that, their price point is it's 15 to $20, depending on like you know what, what you were getting before, right? And had they launched their HBO Max platform as Warner Plus or Warner Brothers Plus or whatever and had a more... Disney to Netflix level price point for it, and we're able to then market Warner Brothers Plus with DC and HBO and Looney Tunes and actually have your brands underneath that with HBO being one of the brands included with your Warner Brothers Plus platform at, let's say, a $10 a month, they would not be trailing this far behind right now. Yeah. Everybody would see that you have instantly more value by signing up for this Warner Brothers Plus platform than you would keeping HBO now go or HBO or whatever because well HBO is more expensive and if I get this for for a year it's only ten dollars like and then it'll go up to fifteen like you know and then it goes back to their normal fifteen dollars a month for HBO because that's exactly why it was the same price because it's the same platform. HBO Max is just what HBO Go was and HBO Now was just with the new stuff on it. But no one knows that. It's the same price, so there's nothing to differentiate with it, and it has the same damn name. Like, you know, had they come out and said 10 bucks a month, you get this, 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 HBO's included, and you get it all for, you know, a year, like whatever, whatever it may be. We would not have, we would have lost a lot of content complaining about HBO. (laughs) 
and the, and the other thing they could have done is they could have played on the nostalgia of everybody that has grown. I mean, everybody in the world that's interested in movies and entertainment has grown up with W Warner brothers pictures and they could have oh, played yeah. off of, you know, all the classic Warner brothers pictures that have come out over there. They could have shown a, a, you know, trailers featuring all their big movies throughout the years. Um, you know, just little segments that, that really, touch that nostalgia and then they could have shown all the cool new stuff that was coming up at the end of it and show how it all was in one area oh, yeah. instead they instead they went with this hbo thing that just like you said doesn't make sense dude it was a huge that because again that's like that's more marketing gold it's like yeah you, you, you play to the nostalgia you, you just have the the movie trailer voice guy come over and start you know you got the trailer playing and you're saying like you know it shows like the matrix code and it's like you know yep. go you know the experience warner brothers classics you warner know and it's like classics. Yeah, it's like in a whole new for, way for, for decades we've brought you you know yeah, the like thrills of your the thrills of your life yeah and right. now we're going to bring you uh, them in a whole new way and, yeah under one simple platform yeah. you know there's like yeah. one click away yeah their marketing like, sucked yeah, the marketing for for this was just there was none. It was just HBO Max is out. And it's like cool. What is it? Word of mouth almost. Yeah, yeah, no one knows what the hell it was. It wasn't available again. Wasn't available everywhere. Still not available internationally in a lot of places. Like that's another thing too. Where like their subscriber counts like. Like, like again, they weren't on Roku. They weren't on Amazon. The two biggest, you know, most user, most u streaming platform, most used streaming platform devices. And then they're still at this point, not in all the international markets that Disney's in. So it's, it's no surprise that they are so far behind in subscriber count, but this is just more of a failure on Warner brothers and HBO's end because they shouldn't have released a damn platform in this, in this fashion. Like, because I don't know. Everything else is just kind of suffering for it because they're trying to play catch up, kind of like the DC films were. Like they're trying to play catch up with Marvel and just start throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what <laughs> sticks, instead of just focusing on like making a product that's good and like yeah. not confusing to the consumer. It's just, I mean, it all. I mean, granted, we're just a couple of guys sitting here talking about a bunch of shit that we're not a part of, <laughs> and it's real easy to play. You know. Was it the Monday morning quarterback or the quarterback, couch quarterback, yep. whatever yeah. the hell it is? Like, it's real easy for everybody to do it. It's real easy to see the problems and come up with solutions afterward. I get that. But a lot of this just seems like kind of brain dead common sense. Like, really? Yeah. That's like, what I was going to say. It's like there's like no common sense with it at right. all. So half this shit, I, we just we just come off with up the, off the top of the head, off the cuff. And it's like, it all sounds like it would have been better, <laughs> like better ways of going about it. Right. But. And then the other one here, because that's just, like I said, again, guys, I'll have the link to this article in the description, but it's just a lot more information like that. Like, yeah, here's the thing where Disney stock rose 24% in 2020, which is an all-time high, like, during the pandemic. Like, that's, so it's like, we, I get why HBO wants to do this. Like, Yeah, and then you compare that to what their losses were for this year, and, like, it's astounding to, to think of that their stock went up that much. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And it's because of like their focus on streaming. Like everybody who is an investor in Disney, they know they know that they're gonna be with that projection of having, you know, 240 million subscribers and all that stuff. They know that's gonna happen. They're confident it's gonna happen. They see the results. Quadrupling now. your earnings. Yeah. Quadrupling yeah. your earnings over your your investments. That's just that's that's incredible. 
Exactly. It's just, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a, a, a big shareholder in Disney, congratulations. Right. <laughs> like you're, I mean, you're Future already, right. yeah, you're already probably in a pretty good spot, but <laughs> in four more years, Things you're only getting better. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about these, uh, these box office hits real quick and then, uh, we'll wrap this up. And again, guys, I'm going to have these articles down in the, the, the description below. So if you want to, if you want to take a deeper dive into this stuff, it's, it's a lot of numbers games, but it's, uh, it's interesting when you look at it. Um, so this little graph here we have, it just shows you the, 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 the amount of money at the box office, these movies, this is domestic box office and the changes that each, uh, production company has had and it's like pretty astronomical like everything's down 50 and in some cases 90 percent and granted like we said with the uh the other percentage game you have to play um like 90 percent of a loss in revenue for lionsgate is vastly different than a 90 percent loss for disney yeah for, you know disney yeah. made like almost 13 billion at the box office that's billion with a b in 2019 so them losing you know them, they're down 90 percent of that like that's a substantial loss like at the box office like you, you, they, you're looking at like they made like two billion or something like you know what i mean which is funny when you look at this overall number it almost like i don't it's like it only came from like Disney and Sony, and like even you. This is no one made any money this year. It's been a tough year. Yeah, but yeah, like ninety percent for Lionsgate is nowhere near as bad as ninety percent for Sony. I mean, I mean, granted, it's all relative, right? Because Lionsgate doesn't have as much money as Disney, yeah, so yeah, they're smaller. It, I mean, it kind of is what it is. But I mean, again, the overall total domestic box office gross for the entire year is averaging to about 2.2 billion as opposed to like I said Disney made like 13 billion by themselves last year that gives you any indication on where the theater industry is so it's like obviously no surprise that the uh, AMC is like on life support right now <laughs> like um what else do we have here I overall I'll try this one trying to find there was one other good thing here I think the crazier part here too is actually like how well, well in air quotes, like Sony did. I think that's what they're showing here. Like Sony, it was like pretty much they were kind of positioned in the best spot right now as far as a box office, the end of the year box office for them because they were mm -hmm. up at they were they put enough into it and got enough out of it um, in 2020 to make uh, their. This year, or uh, for when in comparison to the 2019 year, they they almost had the same amount, and since so they didn't have to, as quite as many losses as everybody else did, so them not spending as much in in 2019, this kind of worked out for them. Kind of same with Paramount, they didn't spend nearly as much, so they they only had like a, a 68 percent loss. So I mean, that's it is what it is. Um, no, well, no. he's looking at that for you novice investors out there. Be careful at the end of this year, too, when you go look at the percentage increases for these companies, because if things do get back on track, you're going to see, while well, you saw these giant losses this year, you're going to see equally giant increases at the end of next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a skewed number. What you really need to compare to is go back a year to 2019 and kind of 
it's an outlier. These are going to be outliers, these numbers that we're getting the next couple of years here. Oh, yeah, 100%. You're going to see like commercials or like uh, reports come out or something saying that like, yeah, Sony's earnings are up 200, 200 million percent. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, yeah, like two movies come out the year <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, like. exactly. yeah. Oh, man. Their, their opening weekend for their first movie post pandemic is going to do more than their entire 2020 yeah, schedule. Exactly. Did, so. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely look out for that. That's funny. You know, they're going to market with that stuff, too. And I can't blame them. Oh, yeah. Them. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. Blame them. I can't blame them. I, I can't find what the what else I was looking for in this necessarily off the top of my head. But like again, guys, I'll have this stuff in the the in the description below, so you can go take a, a deeper Coming look at it. It's it, just yeah. a, it's a ton of information. So, is there anything else you guys wanted to add on this? I just think it's crazy that uh, box office wise, I think this is a huge indication. <laughs> It'll just be interesting, I think, to see at the end of twenty twenty one how much it's hopefully increased. Assuming that 2021 is better than 2020, but that's a could good be the complete opposite. And that's a good question, given that like, uh, like Warner Brothers, uh, especially their shift to wanting to put everything on streaming. And granted, the, the pandemic still is a question mark. You know, we don't know when everything's going to if and when things are going to go back to normal, just like yeah. health wise, let alone the just shift to streaming for all these companies for at least the ones that have them your paramount your uh your paramount's moving all the cbs all cbs all access stuff to paramount plus they're making they're doing what warner brothers should have done with hbo max they're branding their platform off of the the company of paramount because they tried cbs all access and they see that it's failing and they're just going to change it to paramount plus makes sense stupid yeah because everything's just x plus but it's been ingrained into the consumer's mind that they know that's a streaming service now. So that's just the way you go. Yeah. It makes sense. So it's going to be interesting to see how 2021 is with the additional outliers of uh, the theater industry. Are we still, are we going to even be able to go to the theaters and then how much stuff is going to be just transitioned over to streaming? Cause they can't push stuff back again. Like they can't like all these movies that like it's already like going to be a super stacked year with everything that they've had to push back from 2020 to 2021. And they can't just sit on these movies like financially they're they're going to be they're already accruing interest on the, the, the loans that these like, you know, Disney took out to make uh, Black Widow. Right. That was supposed to come out in July. They're having to pay interest on this movie and all those loans that uh that they had to take to make the damn movie. They can't just push it back another year. It's just going to become way too expensive for them to do it. And it's not like just Black Widow. I'm just using that one example. If they have 10 movies they made last year that they were supposed to come out, they borrowed the money to make it. So them not putting it out in theaters is them, or not putting it out anywhere for PVOD or whatever it is, they're not making money. <laughs> so they can't just keep pushing it back. They're going to have to release yeah. it in some fashion. So. Yeah. Do you have anything to add, John? I thought you were going to say something. I may have just rambled on. No, it's fine. No, no I, I think we've covered okay. most of what I was looking at. All right, good deal. Well, I think that pretty much covers it, guys. Again, check the description for these articles if you want to take a deeper dive into them. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of information. So if you're into it, I'll put them in there. And then don't forget one, two, a couple things here. One. You can submit topics and questions to the show by emailing us at honestandoneducated at gmail.com. That's honestandoneducated at gmail.com. Elsewise, 
I'm going to have the, like I said, on top of the show. We're going to be bringing the statue and figure reviews back. We're going to start doing those. I'm not going to say that they're going to be one a week because I'm not going to commit to anything like that because I don't want to not have it come out and then get called out about it. In an effort to not disappoint, I'm just going to say they're coming back. And the first one's going to be the prestige Batman from Arkham Knight. You know, So look out for that. I'll, I'll probably put up an unboxing first. I haven't decided if I'm going to do the unboxing completely separate from the review. I think what I'm going to do is do the unboxing and do a quick review and then do like a showcase. Like if you go back and look uh, at the couple of you know statue reviews I did, for a couple of them I uploaded a separate just statue showcase, which was just shots of the statue essentially i'll probably do something like that i'll do the unboxing do a review and then upload like a little montage of just the sh the thing in high res or something i don't know just let me know what you'd like to see at least as far as the overall format of the reviews what's the most appealing to you let me know now in the comment section below for that um elsewise rick where can everybody find you online sir right down here sir rick met r-i-k-m-e-t-z i'm on instagram and I should probably make a Twitter, but I don't know what I'd have to say, really. Dude, I got a Twitter and an Instagram, and I barely do anything with them. I just yeah. have one because you're, just, you're used, just supposed to have them. Yeah, I haven't used Instagram in forever. Yeah. But just, you can follow me. <laughs> I know that's why I always say. I'm just like, well, you can follow me, you know, here, but I don't know if I'll see it. Like, you know, but you should still follow me because maybe I'll start using it more often if people actually like Yeah, if they had more interaction, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And maybe people would want to if i actually used it more too so maybe it's partly my fault <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. i'm trying to do this i got other stuff to do you know i don't know it is what it is john where can everybody find you online i'm over at twitter at nightwing underscore j i should probably look into expanding out to instagram but for now i'm over at twitter and feel free to <laughs> drop your thoughts or comments on things i have said in the videos there there we go and uh on top of the uh statue reviews and everything and the hot toys reviews coming out i'm getting uh the custom lightsabers in soon i got some more information on that coming uh rick is getting one too so we'll probably have a breakdown of uh, uh one of those actually pretty soon too at yeah. some point yeah. here we're supposed to you're supposed to have it in like this wednesday week, right? yeah. yeah so look out for that be on the lookout for that and then plenty more to come so Elsewise, though, you can follow me just at Sir Rob Bifo. And again, let me know what you, what kind of reviews you want to see, at least the format of the reviews. Would you rather have a separate unboxing, just the first reaction of just the unboxing, and then a separate review after I've had some more time to fiddle with it? Or would you rather just all be just like a first impressions kind of thing? Let me know. Let me know down in the comments. And look out for that. Like and subscribe. Do all the good stuff. Look out for the live streams. We've been playing some stuff. Just lots of video games and whatnot. So we'll do that more. All the good stuff. So, I don't know. That's it, guys. Uh, thanks for watching again. Like and subscribe. Take care.